Wow. Once upon a time, there was a podcast featuring upwards of eight people, uh, sometimes way less, uh, usually way less, usually not with me. Uh, but was that, that look like a scroll? Would that look like a scroll to anybody? I have no idea. Anyway, uh, look, my name is Zach Wiseman, and uh, I'm on this show sometimes, and it's called The Real Boys. And what it is, it's a, it's a collective of dudes who were into movies uh some are good uh most are not that great uh but sometimes we talk about my movies uh or dylan's movies or michael colby's movies uh or some of phil better's movies uh usually uh dan's his movies are pretty good uh justin wallace i think that he i'm not even sure if he's seen his own movies or not but he picks some pretty good movies as far as what imdb says uh, but anyway, this is a show where we just kind of make fun of people's movies and talk about them and break them down because why not? Everybody else in the world has a podcast uh, or a YouTube channel where they talk about things such as Star Wars. Uh, but I brought uh, uh, my council with me today and uh, <laughs> the people that we have on the council uh, to talk about Jedi whatnots uh, first and Probably foremost, uh, the man that keeps me together. Uh, he is the Elmer uh, to my to gl glue. No, not the glue. It was like an Elmer Bugs Bunny thing. There's probably a joke in there somewhere. Anyway, Dylan Terry, I know you're here somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. hello. Hello, friend. How are you? Hello, Zach. <laughs> uh, I was surprised you didn't do the R2-D2-C-3PO analogy, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. Hey, I will always be the glue to your Elmer. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's like, I, I was I, I was about to go like the Elmer uh, to my uh, horse hooves, uh, but then okay. I was like, I don't I don't know if that Ooh. probably because I would have been grind one of us up, and honestly, like yeah. you grind more than I grind. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Star Wars, right? Yes, I know. 1977. Is it 77? Damn. What? All right, Come on, dude. Get out. Of I here. don't know. I learned what it was 75 when I made this episode because that's what Wikipedia well, told me. Well, that's you're not you're not telling the truth about this. Uh, okay. <laughs> you did not see that on Wikipedia. Uh, 1977, huh. I right. believe it was May 25th of 1977 is when it came out. Uh, the movie known as a Star War. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons Anyong wasn't seen for quite a while in Arrest Development because <laughs> he went to see a Star War yeah, for twenty five dollars. Uh, anyway, so Star Wars. What was your yeah. first? Okay, obviously, like, this isn't something that somebody watched for this show, uh, especially right. looking at this panel of white people. Uh, we've all seen Star Wars. Wait, is Phil White? I've actually never asked him that, and I probably should Canadian. have. Yeah, does that is that the same thing as white? I don't know. I guess so. It's some kind of like super Western European look. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, this isn't a movie that you watch for this, correct? Like you've seen oh, Star yeah. Wars and <laughs> New Hope before. Yeah, um, and when you study writing, Star Wars is always the thing that you study when it comes to story structure, because it is the hero's journey in its almost purest form, and it's great. And yeah, I hadn't I hadn't watched this one in a long time, and I was like, "All right, cool." That score starts up. Like I, I admittedly, on a bunch of our shows, I kind of shit talk Star Wars for what it's become. Mm -hmm. But go back, go back to this. The score starts up the scroll starts up and I'm in Yeah, the score like kicks up for any action scene. And I'm just like, Ooh, all right, John yeah. Williams, you got me like uh, immediately. It's like, boom, mm -hmm. we're in like, that's how it goes. Uh, so 
fan, right? Star Wars fan. Yeah. I've seen a Star yes. Wars with you before, so I know yeah. you're a fan. Let's talk to some other uh, possible oh, yeah. Star Wars fans. We have Mr. Uh, what is that? Uh, Podcast Magal. Uh, that's a f- uh, Phil Better, I believe, is his uh, English, <sighs> his Canadian English name. I don't speak French. I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. What's the hate? Why am I getting always the hate from you? I I, I love you. Yeah, and I get no, hate. no. Yo, I know, I know you love me, but listen, here's the thing: like Dylan's on the panel. I'm not mean to him. I haven't talked to him in weeks. Uh, Darth Colby's on the to panel me in weeks, and you're well, you're coming out well, swinging it at, at my head. Well, I haven't talked to you in weeks. But we're also not friends. You know, we're just like <laughs> podcasts. We're just podcast dudes. Uh, okay. You, okay, you don't respond. You don't respond to my text messages. You don't. You don't write back in the. You in don't the even thing. text me. Don't don't start this. Don't, well, don't. then I guess that means the number you gave me is not accurate. But let's hop into this: uh, a Star War, right? You're yes. you're a Disney super fan back there. Uh, you stroke on uh, on the mouse every once in a while. Uh, I've seen you on some of your shows. Uh, but uh, so Star Wars, you're a fan, right? Yeah, love it. My my top movie, uh, as everyone knows, pretty much if they've ever listened to any podcast that I've been on is uh, Return of the Jedi. I love the movie that the, this one, like I, I, did, I didn't see until after Return of the Jedi. Uh, but still, like Dylan said, that, that score, that opening scene, just that feeling of awesomeness that you yeah. get and the, the experience you go on. It's so much fun. Yeah, like in uh, Jedi, that's that's awesome. I, I love Jedi. It's obviously in my top five favorite Star Wars movies. Uh, but but uh, anyway, like when, when you know, be, being like a, a money guy, being a mogul, being a podcast guy. No, no, this is not a joke. Uh, I, I'm actually curious. Like, can you look at Star Wars now as like as like a movie anymore? Because yes. it is it is a conglomerate. Like it is a it is a franchise. Like, you know, because it's not just movies, it's comics, it's, it's, you know, even there's like a theme park ride that it's technically canon to Star Wars lore. And when it comes to lore, yeah, this movie has a ton of it. There are billions of years of lore, which is the most I think of anything. But this thing now, it has like a financial value to it. You know, it, it is a money, like just mover. So you can still like separate it from uh, like from, from like a business to, to, yes. a, to a movie. Can can we just point out here? Ninety percent of my life so far, I was a fanboy. Yeah, it's only in the last like two years that I've become a like a, a corporate whore. Well, I, I, I guess I like money, so I am able to separate shit because I remember what it's like being a fanboy without money, right. and now having money so that I can enjoy the, the my fandom by traveling and buying the things that I want to buy. Yeah. So okay. yes, corporate sex. <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so if, if a sex worker has sex for money, you're a corporate sex worker, you're having sex with corporations. Or yes, they anyway. pay me no, to do I, I guess the I guess I mean now, they... now, not not then. You know, obviously Star Wars then was a movie, you know, it was like a cinema. It still like is. Not, you don't, I don't know. look. Okay, anyway, we also have Darth Colby okay, up on goodbye. the <laughs> We'll get to that. It obviously sounds like you're gonna talk for three minutes about nothing that I'll tune into one of your podcasts for later and catch up uh, the highlights for. But anyway, uh, we have another friend of uh, of cinema, some, uh, <laughs> I guess. Now, this is kind of a British film, so do you like this? Although there's not as much violence in it as most of your uh, uh, top six, right? Yeah. No, yeah. there's not much violence in this. Um, mm-hmm. The the one lightsaber battle that we do get is one of the lamest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but 
I went into this movie like I'm always like, you know, A New Hope, sort of not my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, hmm. I like uh, I not like your Empire favorite a lot. To, to like to rewatch or just like, no, in, in no, your... just it, it wasn't. But when I watched it today, I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, this is like the most complete movie that Star Wars has. This was yeah. before Lucas went, oh, I'm going to do, you know, se- you know, I'm going to do seven more movies and we're going to make it like this and we're going to make a whole bunch of it not make any sense. <laughs> that's my George Lucas impression. Um, oh, okay. I thought it was Yoda. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, this one's like a full movie. It's It tells a story from beginning to end. For being over two hours, it doesn't drag at all. Um, yeah. There was a couple of useless shots like in the cantina. But other than that, yeah, it, like it's a really good movie. Like if you just take it for what it is. It's it's great. It's fun. It moves at a good clip. Um, it tells a complete story. I really liked it this time. Yeah. Now you you and I are uh, I think we're the same age, uh, which means yeah. that Star Wars have hit us probably around the same time. Now I have a, probably a longer history with Star Wars just because my dad drug me to a theater when I was <laughs> uh, uh, negative one years old. Uh, I saw I saw Star Wars in the theater the first time when I was three months old. Uh, so I'm not sure if, if <laughs> that's how you saw it. Um, no. But my dad and I, yeah, he loves Star Wars, so it's all, kind of always been around. But when you rewatch this movie, and I'm sure you've seen it, uh, 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 maybe a dozen. I have no idea. It, it's, um, it's probably this is probably about the dozen, maybe fifteenth time I've seen this. Yeah. Now it's hard to watch this movie as its own thing, oh. which we're having we're having kind of a hard time throughout this entire process with watching these as current media or mm-hmm. as something to like because. I know what happens before. I know what happens after. <laughs> I hate a lot of it. I love a lot of it. So it, now rewatching this for this, what what was like? How, how would how'd you separate things? How did you? Uh, it it was tough. Um, yeah. Because there was a lot of times that I was like yelling at the TV. Oh, Obi Wan doesn't remember owning a droid. A eh, George. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just yelling at George Lucas for absolutely fucking the yeah. the yeah. the history of this franchise yeah. with those horrible horrible prequels. But like I said, you know, when you take this as just a movie by itself, it's it's almost flawless as a as a tale as a story. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, so w- we're going to get into the movie now, I guess. So uh, let's bring up everybody who's who's all backstage. Uh, whoever, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, good. Phil's still here. Uh, I wanted to apologize to Phil. Listen, uh, I haven't, I haven't been part of the episode. I haven't been, I haven't been on a show uh, in about like two or three weeks, and I, uh, I, I took an energy drink. I had a nap today, and I'm pretty feisty. And I'm sorry if you feel that I'm coming at you uh 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 yeah anyway so um <laughs> yeah we'll just leave it there uh I, I i you're fine i like you we're friends uh so <laughs> now i saw in the, i saw in the group chat that colby was looking for uh the unedited edition uh the pre is that uh, pre-corrupted edition is that what he said or the, your version was corrupted? specialized edition yeah i D- have okay. the three of them but when i put the disc in today 
it was like data corrupted. And I, so I checked the other ones and the other ones work, but this one, so you have an I had copy. to watch the one on Disney plus. Yeah. Now did all of us, did we all rewatch this for this show? Did we, you know, or, or is it just something? Uh, actually, in uh, so I rewatched it like two or three months ago. My brother and I, whenever he comes over, we do like, we choose a, a film franchise and he stays over. And each night we watch like, if it's like star Wars, we watched all six, all nine movies. So I oh, watched it a couple of months ago. Do that. No, I because can do the same I, thing. As a, Completion. as a, yeah. as a fan of star Wars, I don't mind other people's opinions on whether or not the prequels are good or bad. I look at it as this is a story that's of a family. Like this is a family story. So each part is a different story being told by different views that are been influenced by different periods of the artist's life. It's like looking at works of art from Van Gogh or Michelangelo. It's the same thing. That's how I look at it. It is. How is no, it not? I, like, I, tell me. Those how prequels is, how, are those prequels as movies are bad. As yeah, Star true. Wars movies, they completely ruin. Yeah. Like I said. Well, okay. Like, so I don't know about completely ruin, but I I will agree that we're not going to talk about these uh, prequels for very much longer. No, no, no. But but I will say that the prequels did a weird thing where they are for fans of Star Wars only, and they are parts of books. Because if you look at the Phantom Menace and you say, "Who's the star of that movie?" There's no star of that movie. Uh, that movie is about like eight different people that are doing things, and none of which it's really matter. It, but it, it is it is a book, but it's not a book that starts anywhere. It's a book that you just kind of pick up and somebody ripped off the first couple chapters and you're like oh okay because like yeah, say you didn't it's a bridge. Say you, yeah say you don't know star wars and you started episode one and the very first thing it says is there are two jedi knights and you're like i don't know what the fuck these things are uh just and like most start, books you start like that there's there are books that i've read that don't nope, have nope. an actual start because that because it's nope. fun that way because you get to learn as you're coming into this story about this this city that's been created this world that's been created well, kind of, except you're not. You're learning about things that you kind of already know about, and you're learning about a city that you already know about, but you're learning about new things that are kind of going to get erased later. But anyway, let's not talk about the prequel. Uh, midichlorians, they're almost being erased. It's okay. Uh, oh, but, that was the other thing that I was yelling at George yeah, Lucas about. I don't care about midichlorians. midichlorians. Yeah, but my, my, question was, my, my question was going to be, what is the definitive edition of, of this, of a new hope? That it's you whatever version you want to watch. That's it. There's no definitive version. I meant like, for the, I meant for you, for you as Phil Better. Like, which one do you grab when you want to rewatch it? Whichever one I want to. I, I feel like watching at the <laughs> time. I, I look. I'm a Star Wars <laughs> fan, meaning I love the movies regardless of all their flaws. Sure. I don't give a fuck what other people think. I love these I'm movies not... for for it is. So I don't care if I'm watching, as Michael Colby says, the corrupted version that's on Disney Plus, or I'm watching the the released version on VHS at my parents' place. Yeah, I don't I... care. I understand what you're saying, but because there are so many different versions of this film, there are at least five different versions of this film. I own probably eight of those five versions. Now I grab a certain one or I click on a certain one when I want to rewatch it. And I think that you feel attacked and I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking any of your opinions. I love this movie. I love Jedi. <laughs> you know, I love the, Empire Strikes Back. The, but my the reason why is because for me, I if I'm wanting to watch a film, I don't care what version it is because I'm going to enjoy the film. I okay. enjoy. I put movies on to okay. enjoy. So whatever is the easiest for me to put on, wherever I am in the mood for that movie. Awesome. That's fair. And I'm sorry that I did not accept your answer right away. Uh, <laughs> but Dylan, do you happen to have a, a preferred version? 
I generally watch whatever's available easiest, which is usually in this case, Disney plus or whatever mm -hmm. was on a streaming service. I have the DVD somewhere in my DVD booklet. The only change, because it has a history of being re-edited as George Lucas kind of did his thing, the only change that I actually care about is Han shooting first. Because, and it's not necessarily, it's part of the definition of his character that he shoots Greedo mid-sentence without giving him a chance to defend himself. It's a great character-defining moment. It highlights the change he goes through in the story by the end of the movie where he's become a little less self selfish. Yeah, well, there's a couple and, of things. Oh, and because yep. the digital lean they put yep. is so yep. off-putting, it looks it's it awful. looks so stupid. Yeah, when well, he like, dodges that bullet, it looks so so, weird. so bad. It's like somebody took a cardboard cutout of Han Solo and yeah. tilted it. It yeah. fucking sucks. I hate it. I I pretty much grew up with the versions that are widely available now with all the digitally edited uh, Banthas, I think, the big ones mm -hmm. that throw the Jawas around. All yeah. the digitally added stuff is stuff that I remember watching is from my childhood. So yeah. I don't particularly care about that, mm -hmm. but I think the story decision to have Han shoot first is an important thing that should have stayed in. Yeah, completely agree. As uh, opposed cool. to Return of the Jedi with Jedi Rock. <laughs> oh, okay, Jedi, yeah. Jedi uh, Rocks, I agree. The music, I hate, I, I hate I, Jedi That is Rock. not a dig. That is not a dig at Return of the Jedi. No. It is a dig at a, the worst thing to be put into Star Wars. That is so, because it doesn't do anything. Like, there's no point to it. It just, it's just kind of a flare for no reason. Um, that's, but that's uh, yeah, I agree. That's my problem with all of this extra shit that they added in. It doesn't add anything. It's just like a bunch of visual gags for no reason. Like when the Money. Jawas get bucked off of that, whatever that thing is, when they're going into the cantina and they're like yeah. swinging around and it adds nothing to the movie well, and it I, just, I, it looks terrible. Yeah. I, I but I, I will disagree uh, to, to some extent. Now I, there, there is the concept that George Lucas had his original vision, which he could not pull off because of money originally because of technology. So when he was asked like, Hey, is there things? And you know, he originally set these out to be kind of children ish uh, pulpy things, which I am a mega fan. And Dylan will tell you for a fact, I am a star Wars, fan uh i will fight for almost every single star wars except for rise of skywalker uh and maybe attack of the clones but i'll fight for the majority of them uh and and i love them all because i'm a fan of lore i'm a fan of rules and the thing is like I, that, that's what star wars is star wars is the first real universe uh that i can remember where it's like oh from that planet and that dude from that guy and this thing from that so um yeah but there were a couple changes and that's what I was going to get into because when I was writing a couple of things to talk about when, you know, knowing this movie was coming up, it was like, well, what version do you talk about? Or, you know, what is it? Cause like you sure you can talk about the, the, the star Wars saga, you know, the, the, the family story of it, which is a, a beautiful story. Um, you can talk about the extended lore. You could talk about how many times this movie was overtaken or, like it just is what it is. Now this now I don't I'm not sure if you guys know this, but this is the fifth most uh, financially, uh, I guess, uh, making it, it uh, profitable. It, profitable. The fifth most profitable franchise that is out there. Can any of you guys name the four higher? And I know Dylan's googling uh, crazy, but can I already do it? One Harry Potter. Incorrect. Wow. Pokemon. Pokemon is number one that's that's mm -hmm. yeah number yeah. one uh i now, thought we were going movie stuff well, sure well, pokemon oh. does have multiple movies released <laughs> oh, in theater infinite. yeah i agree 
Uh, now, Pokemon is the is the number one most money making uh, profitable franchise. Do you guys know there are three? Power Rangers. Nope. Lord of the Rings. Nope. Wow. Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty is uh, number two, I think. Yep. Uh, yep. Surprised. That's up there. Uh, and then you have <laughs> then you have a tie. Then you have a tie for number three. Uh, <laughs> you have uh, and they're most of Disney projects. Uh, but you have Winnie the Pooh, and then you have uh, Mickey Ew. Mouse and Friends a as a concept. But yep. just just to think that. And now, yeah, granted, uh, Hello Kitty probably uh, not so much here uh, as far as uh, well. If yeah. you look at the two, the two highest, it's in the Asian community, which has combined close to two billion people in the population. So it's understandable. Oh, yeah. Hello Kitty and Pokemon, I totally get, but Winnie the Pooh, I do. Yeah, it's been around it, for a long time. Yeah, nineteen it's been since the it's, Second World War. Yeah, they well, tied it, to it, the well, Second World War, so that's well, how it, they do it. it. It even predates, I think, the first. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it came out in 1924, uh, so it is an mm -hmm. old ass tale. Oh, so yeah, it, first yeah, of all, I guess it's almost in public domain now. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, but to think that this thing just churns money and just makes so much money that was just based off of what people would consider to be a space opera. Uh, so uh, you know, and I was going through this. I'm like, what what version do you know? And I, I'm a Star Wars mega nerd. And I'm like, what version do I watch for this? And I watched uh, the VHS, the original VHS that came out for. CBS Fox uh, that was pre any uh, added effects because the one effect that makes me so angry that was added to Star Wars was when Han Solo's talking to Jabba and he mm -hmm. walks around Jabba and I guess steps on Jabba's tail. Uh -huh. Now as a gangster oh. who you owe so much money to who has Boba Fett in the background and Bosk and all the cool uh, dudes, you're going to step on fucking Jabba's tail now yeah, i know that no. the original version was a, a man in a bear suit and you know yeah. he uh, walked around him but still like you had the balls to put in the scene that you're gonna step on a gangster's tail i i, I hate that so you're much dead before that even happens if it was yep. like if you brush like you bump into a dawn or anything you're dead you're dead you're six feet deep like yeah yeah and everybody's is... just pulled their gun and shot you you're yeah and he's and the dawn of this whole planet it yeah. looks like absolute dog shit yeah, and bad. Jabba well, yeah. is so small it doesn't make any sense to put that in the movie yeah a lot of the additions uh are, are kind of pointless uh yeah like the one that dylan brought up uh having like the idea to have greedo shoot first was weird because you are changing someone's character or at least kind of changing the story arc of something because then it turns into han being real clever uh and, yeah. and getting out of the way quickly uh and then being reactionary which obviously we needed a whole movie called solo to tell us that he will in fact shoot first um but it's just odd that there are so many versions and and people you know and, and unfortunately i i think that i brought this subject up incorrectly uh but i was just trying to say that it, it's it's interesting to me that people have their preferred version or at least a timeline of when those versions hit them so i saw this movie when it first came out immediately and then i grew up watching it and one of my first jobs of blockbuster video where i had to watch these and this is pre-1999 uh so this is pre-prequels now 1997 i believe is when they re-released all these on thx uh and they put it out in the cool uh the cool silver, vhs gold, yeah there was there was a silver one it was a gold one yeah. widescreen one was pan and scan which was a thing for some reason we did in the 90s um and, and i have i have both of 
Yeah, I know. I have both those copies. Uh, and I watched those recently. And I'm like, man, it's just weird. Like the cool little weird touches they put in. But now, how do you guys feel about an artist? You know, which uh, George Lucas is an artist, whether you like his art or not, he's an artist. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he did put together before this American Graffiti, which is a really cool car chase movie, kind of. Uh, and then obviously there's the THX, uh, which is a really interesting movie. Uh, and he is also a part of a lot of very interesting franchises. So he is an artist. Now, how do you guys feel about an artist taking his product back and kind of adding to it, which is what some painters do too. Some painters, you know, will, will add, keep adding things to a, you know, a canvas and keep adding things until they feel that it's, that it's appropriate. But now Phil being a star Wars fan, how do you feel about someone who, who, who keeps adding things to a movie to, to change nostalgia kind of. I don't own it. So I can't say anything about it. You know, like if I want, I have, his original work like luckily it's not a painting where he takes it back and i can never have that original work the original work is still out there it's still accessible through and thanks to digitize digitization it's going to be there forever now well so you not, can see I mean, those George, different versions but george, george Lucas to disney not, that disney can't re-release the originals because he doesn't yeah. want it released because there is there is some uh personal issues there because some people believe it it was his ex-wife who actually crafted the star war the original trilogy to the success that it was hmm. and him now because they broke up and all the the things there he wanted to change it so that it wasn't really said to be her vision it's now his vision mm -hmm. so if he chooses to change something on his work it's allowed like painters like you said painters come back and they can redo their art fix it up it's it's but luckily for us we have the the previous versions to see and enjoy sure. so people can find now, it. Now, now let's Those... say that this, let's say that this movie won like an Oscar for best picture, right? Now, if you take that movie and uh, 10, 15 years later, you change that movie. Is it still uh, an Oscar movie? Has it been altered at yes. all? Like, okay. It's still no. an Oscar movie. No. Then, then you're getting into that Theseus ship situation from WandaVision or whatever it's called. Like you remove the rotting wood and add a new wood. Is it still the same ship situation? Oh, that, that thing Ancient that John Greek dies at the end did 10 years previous to WandaVision? Yes. <laughs> well, okay. I'm just, I'm just interested because I, I know all of us here are, are film buffs. I know we're all fans of, of we're movies. The original movie. The we're one cinephils, that won the, if, you, if you will. Thank you for yeah. using my name. Um, the original movie is still the Oscar-winning movie. Anything after that, if you, you change anything, now it's a new movie. So it's not – it can be – from the Oscar winning movie, you know, you can still put it on because the rules are still loose because we can make up the rules. Yeah. We can change the rules. It's yeah. our choice. The We're problem, not stuck on the problem, the, the problem I have with Phil saying that these are easily accessible. These unfucked around with versions are all but impossible to find. You have the original VHS copies and you have the illegally pirated unspecialized versions other than that you cannot find these movies and it's a it's a crime because yeah, you would think that they're around be... with these movies and also going by your painter thing mm -hmm. that's true painters change their shit all the time as a visual artist i can tell you i i change my shit all the time but once you put that piece of art out to the public and that's what it is you can't change it it's says who? that now says who tell me who says that the public says 
because Fuck the public. If I bought, it's my okay, art. If, I can do whatever I going, want. Okay, if we're going with a painting, if I sold the painting and someone yes. else purchases it, yes, fine, I can't touch it. But if I don't sell it, it's still mine. I can do whatever the fuck I want. It it sucks to do it that way because now people like the art that you put out, and now you fucked around with it, and now it's not the thing that and they if like. You want anymore. me to unf never to fuck with my art? Buy my art. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did. We bought. You bought billions of, of dollars you, worth of these Star Wars yeah, movies, and you and have it. Still you, you bought them it. around. But here's the thing: Did you do you own the original print? No, you purchased a likeness, so he can do whatever he wants with the original. You well, don't I, own the original. No, no, Phil. The original in 1989 was inducted into the Library of Congress for preservation, and that version that is in the Library of Congress is no longer available to the public in an easily accessible format. And it has become more, I think it's become more than just George. So Lucas it's like movie. a Van Gogh. So it's like a Van Gogh, if you're saying. The original the original version of Star Wars, A New Hope, with an mm -hmm. unfucked, is like a Van Gogh now, and it's sure. worth millions of dollars. Sure. So it's... I mean, look, I'm, 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 I'm not, see, I can see I want, a reproduction of a Van Gogh on the internet. Yeah. And I mean, I, look, I, I'm not. I wasn't trying to start like some kind of copyright infringement fight or anything. What my my question is like, has are, are, can you guys think of any other auteur that has taken a film that has been out for a little bit or even at all and has adjusted it or added things to it to make no, it? Because no, no director has had the creative control that he did on the Star Wars. There is no one out there that has released a film or a franchise of films and had that amount of creative control over it. I have never heard someone fight so hard for these fucked up versions of these movies. <laughs> it's because, Michael, here's the thing. Each version of this series is for a different generation. The original trilogy is for our generation. We love this original trilogy. The next version is for the next generation. The Nobody next likes in. the fucked around Ooh, with versions more. Really? Nobody. I can find you people who do. Little kids may love it because that's the only version they know. They don't know about the unfucked versions. So they grow up loving these fucked up versions in your eyes. You're always just looking right now. You're not looking down the street. You're, you're mad because George Lucas messed with your nostalgic of star I, wars instead I, I of know, loving star wars for what it is i, I have very little nostalgia for for most things but I, I it just makes me like then put out both of these versions let us have access to they, the versions that don't fucking suck the agreement my, george lucas because it's his vision it's his property he is allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants and if he chooses that the original version was not his true vision of it and that the the ones that you deem as fucked up versions are his true ver view of the movies then that's all you get he I, has the right as the artist the creator the owner and operator of this thing and when he sells it he can put in as the artist, the creator, the owner of the property, that the original trilogy will never be released because he doesn't want it to be. And you can't do anything about it. No, you can I can't be do anything angry about as it. Much that's as why you I'm want. fucking mad about it. Really? And how, I mean, how is that is brought your life any if, better? If, if Chris Nolan were to take a movie like Inception or, you know, Tenet or whatever and, and decide that there should be something added to it, I think that people would be cool with it, which is very odd, right? Dylan, how do you feel about that? Well, I have an answer to the actual question of an artist who changed something after the release. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's not really relevant anymore. We what, moved past what, it. What is it? Uh, Brandon Sanderson changed one of the major plot points at the end of his second novel, Words of Radiance, to uh, change aspects of a character death. But that's okay. We've moved on past that. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I'm pretty uh, sure he didn't cause as much controversy as apparently George Lucas did no, for the series. No. Guys, I do need to leave, though. <laughs> Um, Michael, it's always a, a pleasure as well to argue with you about stuff because we're always apparently on the other side of the spectrum, but we're more alike than you think. I know. Zach, no, that's the thing. Again. Just like in Unbreakable, I'm I'm Mr. Theory. Glass and you're Bruce Willis. <laughs> no. I, thank you. I don't break uh, anyway, as easy. I love Phil, that. So before you go, where can people find any of your uh, voices? The that best. Are the best place to find me is on Instagram at podcaster Phil better right there. Instagram. You'll find me. You can follow me. I put things up to help you grow your podcast. If you want to start a podcast and make yourself a little side income. Thank you for covering over Zach's face. It's really great. Cause this is where you, the money is right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody here and I'll talk to you guys later. Um, uh, I gave my private, the reels to the, in the group chat. So I'll let uh, Dylan do that and uh, I'll see you all later. Bye Phil. Oh, Wow, I really upset Phil somehow. He is that how, is that how he is? I don't remember him being so feisty all the time. He's but uh, he's, yeah, we've had we've had to fill the airspace with Michael and Phil just kind of nipping at each other. Oh, okay. So I uh, we I, may I, have I, we may have filled too much airspace because we're halfway through the show and we have barely talked about. This yeah, movie. I know, and that's well, that, that was really what I was trying to get to. Go ahead, Dylan. No, Star Wars is such a huge thing. It's really hard to talk about the very first one in isolation. Yeah, yeah because like Phil was saying, like a lot of people grow up with their own versions of this. And, you know, like my daughter, uh, she was born in 99. And uh, when the first movie I took her to was Phantom Menace because that had just was just released when she was born. So I took her to that when she was three months old. That way it could be Before the same you thing. Knew it sucked. Yeah. Well, at the time, dude, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. At the time, I was super into it. I was like, "Oh my god, yes, new Star Wars!" And then by the third time I watched it, I'm like, "Okay, there, there's some weird stuff in here." But I will say, I left there the first time being like, "Oh f yes, this is the coolest thing ever." Pod races, I'm so into it. Darth Maul, so badass, you know. Um, but yeah, Darth now, Maul is pretty badass. I'll give you that. Oh, Darth <laughs> Maul is very, very, very. Qui Gon's my favorite Star Wars character. I really wish, honestly, looking at the prequels, I think one quick change: if you would have taken Dooku away and putting and put Darth Maul instead of Dooku as the the concurrent like bad guy, that makes so much more sense to me and would have kept such a better bad guy. I don't understand what the Dooku was doing, what he wanted. I don't know if he was like. Uh, and Palpatine's... why was he an apprentice at 75 years old yeah and hey, a, it's never and too late to start but an apprentice to who because he wasn't palpatine's original apprentice because maul was which means he was <laughs> like i guess filling in i have no idea anyway all right yeah so i this... think i think he was the, the the apprentice to palpatine after darth maul but it, it which... seems weird because they're always like oh you're too old when you're you know 22 or whatever but yeah he's 72 the sick right. don't care and like <laughs> if there's only the rule two you have to be eyeing even if you have your number two you got to be eyeing somebody else because you're like <laughs> all right just in case maul goes down i'm taking uh gandalf over here i guess i should have said <laughs> saruman but whatever Sor uh, yeah i know i meant just an old man but whatever um but yeah this movie it, it's hard to talk about this movie because like everyone has their version that they like everyone has their one that they like everyone has their uh you know uh 
definitive version. So I, I had a hard time really kind of like figuring out how to talk about this. And then uh, apparently that led into uh, Phil being super upset about <laughs> I'm not real uh, corporate the uh, uh, freedom. Um, but anyway, uh, Dylan, you said that this movie was almost the definitive idea of the hero's journey, which is interesting because, you know, if you do like Star Wars, you know that this thing is hardcore ripped off, uh, almost, uh, you know, uh, visually, uh, almost verbatimly, whatever that word is, um, from a couple <laughs> from a couple movies, you know, from Kurosawa films uh, and something else. So how does this movie move into the lexicon as like the hero's journey. What, what did that? So it, when you look at story structure and kind of like <laughs> young outcast becomes a hero, gets a mentor, meets some helpers, faces trauma. And then through revelation transforms and returns changed that goes back way back all the way into classic mythology, but was codified by a guy named Joseph Campbell in uh, I think it was called Hero with a Thousand Faces was like this essay he wrote that was a uh, like became kind of the codifier for mythological structure of the hero's journey, which is what Star Wars is. You describe a young farm boy has his home life disrupted. He joins up with them like someone from outside of his existence, and through trials and tribulations, returns to his old experience ex uh, existence changed. It resonates with a lot of people because back in that time, it was more common to kind of like, you know, when you hit the age where you leave your home, your world opens up and you experience greater things and fight things. And so what George Lucas did was take this framework and just plug it right into the old science fantasy tropes of like farm boy, magic sword, evil <laughs> empire, he overthrows it. And through that circle, uh, Luke Skywalker becomes kind of like the American kind of archetypal hero in fiction. Everybody compares themselves to Luke Skywalker. If you get the farm boy trope, it's generally tied back to Star Wars. Um, the big one that I can think of is Aragon follows Star, uh, specifically the Star Wars formula very, very closely. And it's used a lot. Star Wars is used a lot to introduce new writers into that idea of a hero leaving their hometown, saving the world, and returning. Despite the fact that it appears in, like, you know, Lord of the Rings does the exact same thing. And if you go and look at, like, people who have been influenced by the Hero with a Thousand Faces, the list is effectively just kind of endless. Yeah. Now, Colby, when you watch this, uh, what, what was your... Do you remember your first experience with uh, Star Wars? Yeah, it wasn't... My, my family was not big movie media people um but i remember about seven or eight years old um it was just on tv on thanksgiving um and i remember you know starting it oh you know it, it's thanksgiving so we're the adults were trying to get rid of the kids <laughs> so it's just like here watch this movie and it was like i was enthralled with this um then we ended up yeah getting the vhs tape so the first time I saw these movies in the theater, I mean, I would have been 77. I wasn't born. The The next one was what, 80? And then mm -hmm. 82, I would have been too young to remember them anyway. So the first time I saw them in the theater was when they re-released them in, in the 90s. That, that was what, 97 when those yeah. came out? So that was the first time I saw these in theaters. But we did go in and sit, you know, for the 
seven hours <laughs> that it takes to watch these three movies. So yeah, I, I've been obsessed with them since I was a little kid. Yeah. Now, you said earlier that you don't really have a lot of nostalgia for Star Wars or No, it just most things. I'm not okay. like I'm not one of those people who like looks back fondly on stuff. I actually look back negatively on most things. Um yeah. you know, most of the stuff when we were growing up sucked. Um <laughs> but not cartoons. <laughs> no, especially cartoons, but nope. we're not going to get into that now. Um Cartoons were just fucking commercials for toys. Uh, but so, anyway, toys were cool yeah, too. Yeah, the toys were awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so were the cartoons. Anyway, yeah. anyway, um, so like I look back on stuff and I'm like, whatever. And so for some reason, Star Wars has has clung to me. And like I said, this movie in particular, like uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of movies with sort of downer endings. Um, so I was always like, oh yeah, of course Empire is my favorite one. But like I said, when I watched this this time, I was like, this is probably like as part of Star Wars. This is the only thing that you could watch as a movie by itself and get the entire thing. Like if this was the only Star Wars movie, it would still be great. Yeah. You know, the rest of it is you know it by that time you knew that this was going to be a thing but this movie is a thing by itself and it it begins and it tells the story and it ends and it's satisfying the whole way through i i was i was very much a bigger fan of this movie when i watched it this time than uh, you know i had been previously because i was always watching it as a part of the whole thing yeah no, I agree. I mean, as a movie itself, just a standalone movie, I'll say that it's borderline perfect. Uh, now, Empire, do I like watching it more? Uh, slightly, but only the reasons that people like the, the Office. You already know these characters, so what you're getting is a lot of character development. You're getting the additional stuff. You know, This movie, as far as building a cake of a universe, uh, of characters, of rule setting, of almost everything being brand new, although stolen, being brand new, this movie <laughs> has it all. And, uh, you know, Dylan, I know you're a fan of the book Dune, and I know that it mm -hmm. steals a good amount of stuff. Well, not uh, some stuff from Dune. Um, how do you... Like, as a, are you more of a Dune fan than a Star Wars fan? Or how do you view, like, the theft of that info? The About Dune, the most apt description of Dune I've heard is that it is Star Wars if Star Wars didn't give a shit about you. Because yeah. it is <laughs> obtuse and arcane and weird, and it gets progressively weirder. Um, but I think I, I, I disagree with using the word steal. I think it, it lifts a lot of elements from dune it lifts like tattooing is pretty clearly arrakis from dune mm -hmm. you have the galaxy spanning empire you have these idea of this idea of like a kind of mystical order of maybe psychic sword wielders there's mm -hmm. a lot of aesthetics lifted from dune that went into star wars and people have been copying dune since dune was released mm -hmm. um personally i think i like dune a little more if only because dune is really was really not afraid to go really weird yeah star wars at least recently rehashes a lot of its own ideas 
and Dune was not afraid to do its own thing. Yeah, I agree. Now, do and you then think... when Star Wars did did go weird and and change a lot of stuff, people were like, "This oh. isn't my Star Wars." Dude, <laughs> boys got so angry. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking and, about that. <laughs> and then when the next one came out, this boy got very angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was an anyway. interesting viewing experience. Yeah. So this movie, okay. So if for some reason, if no one, if you're watching this and you don't know what Star Wars is about, I'm sorry for the first 45 minutes of a, a straight up jibber jabber. Um, Nobody but, doesn't know what Star Wars is. That's true. Uh, but Star, you know, it, it, it is becoming a, it is becoming more common to run into people who have never seen Star Wars. I've run yeah, into but, more and more people in just day to day, like hmm. younger, who have yeah, just yeah. never got into yeah. it. Now, now that Disney has it and tried to do, tried to Marvelize it. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of went like that. It kind of dipped a little bit because everybody mm-hmm. knows what it is now with the Mandalorian and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think there's a fair amount of people who just weren't exposed to it at the right age and don't particularly care about it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, you know, working uh, w- with the public and occasionally talking to certain people, uh, you're like, there are people that don't know about Lord of the Rings. There are people that don't really know uh, Marvel movies, don't follow MCU. And I think that they kind of lump Star Wars into that unless you kind of were hit by it, by at least the prequels, I think. Uh, I think if the prequels are already out and, and you know, you started getting into movies, you might not hop into Star Wars as it's already six films deep and it just feels like uh kind of a slog especially when the majority of the reviews are the last one so it, it is interesting but uh so this movie like i said it came out in 1977 it is considered an american epic space opera now it is also a multimedia franchise uh created by george lucas um and it quickly became a worldwide pop culture phenomenon uh the franchise has been expanded in various films other medias including television series video games novels comic books theme park attractions themed areas comprising of all encompassing fictional universe and even in 2020 like we started the conversation with uh total value was estimated at 70 billion dollars in u.s currency which is the fifth highest and outside of uh you know hello kitty pokemon uh, it's it's up there with Mickey Mouse as far as uh, just money making and and how it goes and but the thing is this movie it 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 almost didn't really exist you know it, it had a hard time kind of coming along people got sick while making it even George Lucas he didn't think this movie was going to succeed so much that during the premiere he actually went <laughs> on a vacation uh i think he went to hawaii on his vacation and that's where he came up with the idea of indiana jones because he knew that this this concept was going to fail so he was coming up with his next idea which he gave to spielberg because they're buddies yeah. and he was making infinite money um but also better movies anyway uh sometimes he also makes worse movies oh Um, no Uh, yeah yeah. no i'm i I just mean as a director i like steven spielberg's movies better yeah i don't know i i I don't know if i can say that uh i mean now granted lucas has made what seven eight films kind of and they're almost all star wars like i know he did the first three three. of them are terrible star wars movies uh yeah i'll say in totality probably 2.25 of them are terrible two and a half (laughs) yeah 
there's some you, of part one that are that are pretty interesting, and there's literally 15 minutes of part three uh, that are worthwhile. But, a really um, good TV movie out of all three of those prequels. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And, and the thing is, like now, even like they're putting out merchandise. Well, not merchandise, but I guess they're putting out content currently uh that is making the prequels better and they're putting out other cartoons that are making the sequels better and it's interesting that they keep kind of they're still kind of george lucasing the ideas by changing things without actually changing things now and i will say yeah that's that's all right i don't have a problem with like the cartoons like filling out what's going on because yeah. they're not fucking around with the actual movies well, I mean, they kind of are if you think about it. like Darth Maul. Like, you know, if you watch, if, if all you watch those movies, you would think Darth Maul's dead and then you'd be confused in solo. Mm -hmm. Now, if you yep. watch cartoons, you're like, wait, Darth Maul did not die and he's actually on this crazy vendetta against, you know, Kenobi for a while. And not granted, the majority of that story doesn't alter the movies except that he didn't die, you know, yeah. and, and, and that would, that was a lot of the crux of what happened in the first movie. Um, but now, let, all right, so let's hop into this movie. Cause we have, uh, who knows how long, but, uh, this movie is so interesting, minutes. whatever. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, this movie is very interesting because it, it throws you right into a battle. Like immediately you start this movie, you have no idea what's going on and there's already a fight. Well, I, okay. So you get a crawl, which is interesting in itself. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I, I don't remember the first time you guys watched this movie, but, uh, I was pretty young, you know, and, um, and this crawl was crazy because this seemed like it was going to be a bad movie for some reason, or it was kind of the thing where you're like, wait, do, am I supposed to know more about this? You know, like, is there, is there a movie before this? Uh, now Colby, you might get this, but, uh, did you ever watch Leonard part six? Unfortunately? Yes. Did you ever there wonder? Was a time, there okay. was a time that I liked Leonard part six. Because yeah. I was a little child and I thought it was hilarious how he made vegans heads explode by feeding them hot dogs. Yeah, it was a very weird movie for about two years of my it life. And, and they're like, movie. well, what's Leonard one through five about? Yeah, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of how this movie was. But, you know, it starts with the crawl and uh, the crawl is honestly, it is so beautifully like surmised. There's a full story in there. Uh, it's a period of galactic civil war, rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil galactic empire during the battle rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the empire's ultimate weapon the death star an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet uh pursued by the empire's sinister agent princess leia races up home aboard her starship custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy now immediately as as a nerd you're like uh, i'm in uh, yeah uh, I, I, I want to watch all of that, but I'm also into whatever I'm getting into, mm -hmm. which now and that turned the crawl into a, an event of itself. You know, when you watch like Empire, beautiful crawl, so perfectly put together. When you watch Jedi, excellent crawl. When you watch Phantom Menace, though, bad crawl, not a good crawl. Ooh, so trade boring. disputes. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, taxation federations. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know what's going on here. But, you know, immediately this movie just grabs you because it's so different than any other movie. Most movies would have like a boring narration or maybe some kind of script somewhere. But having this like just throw off into the distance, you're like, yeah. I get it, man. This is a fucking story that has been told for years and years and years. And I'm just so in. And even and like a lot. And there's nothing better. Like, like you said, you said boring narration. 
but this movie opens and the and it just that first note of that John Williams score just punches you right in the face and it's like and it's like whoa yeah this is amazing yeah and i mean it grabs your attention and you do not care about anything else in the world you are just zapped into this world and john williams really at his absolute best uh mm. jaws great sure uh there's a lot of things john williams has done that is gorgeous mm-hmm. star wars as mm-hmm. the theme song you know even the galactic empire's theme song the invaders theme song like uh even like thinking about like the the stupid little twinkles at the end when luke's looking at the double sons and you're like god damn it dude george lucas or uh, uh, john williams is so williams. amazing and, yeah. and the thing is like the reason that the prequels are somewhat good is because John Williams is forcing those movies down yep. your throat. <laughs> and you're like, I get John Williams. Like you want me to feel sad. I don't see it, but I feel it. And John uh-huh. Williams is on display there. And yeah. this is Duel, really this duel. Of the fates is one of the best pieces of music ever written for a movie score in all time. Like yeah. that, that piece is a hallmark of like American movie score. Yeah, and even at that, you know, I, I was a kid. Uh, well, at 99, I was uh, 20, but uh, whatever. Uh, but, you know, when, when you fight somebody, you hit, the, you, you just automatically hear Duel of the Fates. And, you know, you think about classic sword fights, Duel of the Fates, you know, pops in your head. John Williams is so amazing at the score that as you're reading this text and you're like, man, th- there's so much going on. And then you just get popped right into this weird story that we're supposed to know something about but we don't care now uh, a bit of galactic civil war rebel spies like i said stolen the plans and uh we get the first glimpse of like the bad guys right they, yeah, uh, a, a lot of uh, fighting down a hallway and you're like i don't know what's going on and then uh leia uh, sends off her schematics and then you get these droids you know and, and you're like hey uh hello james pond sir how are you um so it is hard to like go back to what you guys were thinking, but uh, Dylan, know the, knowing the stories that you grew up reading, uh, and I, unfortunately, probably some of them are Star Wars stories. But oh, yeah. when when you watch these two <laughs> droids and you and you watch them uh, uh, struggle, and you realize that they have emotion and they have uh, a conversation that seems real, you know. Uh, it's it, it's odd that this is how this movie decides really to get your your audience going. It's like I'm gonna follow these droids who are kind of fighting, but I know they're best friends, and I'm I'm into them. I don't know why. Yeah, there, it, it's a it's an interesting way to open up. But you start with the action scene. You start immediately, and you start with tiny little ship, big overhead ship, just like immediate great first shot. Yeah. Um, you start with the Empire storming this ship and having no issues whatsoever. And you see the big black suited dude in the cape with the spiky armor. And you're like, okay, this is the bad guy. Uh, (laughs) The droids, you know, kind of wander a little bit. And then you meet Luke. Like it, I think it makes sense to set things up by the, by the like three minute mark, you know, everything you need to know to get into the story. Yeah. That that opening crawl is crafted to immediately get your feet into that. I mean, the crawl is perfect, but even if you skip the crawl, you're automatically hopping into it. Leia's wearing white. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Vader's wearing black. You know, something bad's going on. Uh, and, like, they shoot this thing. And it's like, wh- what? what is happening here? Now, the original opening scene, uh, you know, going back to uh, Lucas's original vision, had uh, kind of Luke 
watching this battle with his friends and he's like looking up at the sky and he's seeing that fight and his friends are like what are you doing and he goes ah, i'm gonna be a pilot soon and that was luke's whole arc was that he wanted to be a pilot for the empire he thought that you know hopping on the empire was going to be his only way of getting off uh mm-hmm. the, the sandy planet now obviously we know that that's how solo uh is doing his thing also concurrently he's working at the empire at the time um becoming a pilot but it is interesting that the movie had to get edited a certain way because of how Lucas filmed things. Uh, and at the end of it, it is a piece of art. It's a gorgeously edited movie that I feel is paced so well. And then you watch some of these extra scenes and you're like, I mean, I'm glad they're not in this. Like, I, yeah. you know, it's so weird how almost his original vision, if it were to come out at his at, when it did. I don't think it would have been as successful, unfortunately. I think it would have uh, twisted people a bit because the thing about this movie is it is action-packed. Uh, uh, James says, Rogue One ending ruins Star Wars 97 because Darth Vader captured Leia's ship and the way he treated her doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, I, don't, uh, you, I, well, I, don't, I don't like Rogue One because you're, you're I don't think it... I See, there's a good like story there, but we have an ensemble cast that that like just meet each other it i'm not going to get into why i don't like rogue one i think it needed more time it it should have been like a series or something it's it's not a you, good you, movie you don't like a story where an ensemble cast meet each other just take on some kind of mission yeah uh, because they're, an old they're man a young this... farmer a crazy pilot uh, a big hairy dog uh, a princess uh, that just doesn't appeal there's, to you now there's too many people in rogue one and them being best friends right away doesn't make any sense Again, we're not talking about Rogue One. <laughs> I, I think the point that he's trying to make is that when you take Rogue One into consideration, it's like an eight-hour time gap. And what Leia says to Vader is like, she's got some real, like, she is bold to lie to this dude's face. Like, this ship yeah. left left their sight by eye eight hours ago. And she's like, diplomatic mission. We weren't anywhere around there. And he's mm-hmm. like... I'm going to torture you to find out the truth. And you're like, oh, okay. When you take it in totality, sure. But we're not talking about Rogue One. Well, I, I don't, I still don't understand how Rogue One's <laughs> ending could have altered or, or messed up the, the beginning of New Hope. I, I think it makes sense. Like uh, Vader's yeah. looking for this thing. He doesn't really know exactly what they have. Uh, he knows they have something and Vader does not lose and that's it. So it would make sense that Vader followed them and, uh, and tortured the shit out of people. Uh, that's what he'd do. That's what he'd be doing. <laughs> uh so, so uh anyway we we hop over here and uh let's see where were we um we have these droids that are kind of wandering around and immediately they get captured by the jawas and i saw in our group chat that we are fans of the jawas uh <laughs> and now the jawas uh they sell they <laughs> they they happen upon uh owen uh, uh skywalker what's his last name what what's Oh yeah, Owen Lars, Owen and Brew, and Brew. Now they happen upon them, and they're like, "Yo, we just need some droids." And here we go. Here's all the droids we got. And the Jawas are like the coolest flea market known to man, and they bring this stuff to you, uh, which I absolutely love. Now uh, the theories are that immediately they pick the red robot, right? And there are some people out there that think that, that red robot is Jedi sensitive, <laughs> and uh, he blew up on purpose so they pick R two. I love it. Uh, that was sure. a what if comic wasn't it way back that might have been one of the what ifs uh but if you watch the mandalorian they have definitely put in that red robot as tribute to that scene uh wow. for that reason but anyway uh yeah so the red robot breaks up and uh lars uh 
Lars, like he's from Metallica. Uh, <laughs> Owen, <laughs> he's like, I hate everyone else's music. Uh, but you can buy mine. Um, no, I can't now, believe you. I can't believe you downloaded this movie off yeah. of Napster. Do that, Grandma. <laughs> yeah. I'm losing money. Now, Luke, when we meet Luke, he's a real punk. Like, he is just an absolute punk. He's just a whiny Luke brat. And uh, he's like, I just wanted to go get to this guy on the station. Now, Uncle Owen, I can't believe you're going to make me wash droids. Yeah, which is great. Really spot on impression. That's my impression of Luke Skywalker. I'm doing all sorts of impressions today. Yeah. No, you're doing. We'll great. get my we'll get my Yoda later, but he's not in this movie. Yeah, no. too bad. Uh, so now, while Luke is cleaning the droids, he discovers a holographic recording of Leia, and he requested help from Obi Wan Kenobi. And uh, so this is where we get the ideas of you know help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. This is my only hope. And you're like, wow, I don't know what's going on, but Luke is so into this chick, like he's <laughs> like, I'm going to leave my planet for this girl. And uh, you know, when you watch this movie, you're like. They're going to be in love, right? They are, they're mm-hmm. going to be together forever. And I'm going to watch this when I'm 50 years old. And they're going to be a cute no, old couple. <laughs> I always knew that they were going to be brother and sister. I oh, knew that yeah. from the beginning. I'm George Lucas. <laughs> oh, I thought I was Kermit the Frog. And I was wondering how that got <laughs> <Yeah>. in <laughs> George Lucas Which, and Kermit the Frog, basically the same. Yeah, no, they both I, have the bullfrog throat that inflates yeah. when they're aggressive. Yeah, but it would make sense. That, okay, look, if you don't know that you're a brother and sister and you're like, oh, I'm attracted to her. Okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess. I, I guess. I, I, I don't guess. see it, but whatever. Um, now, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he sounds pretty dope. And Dylan, it was A New Hope, your your entry into Star Wars being, yeah. what do you like, 18 or something? What do you, 19? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I do not remember the first Marry time I watched me. Star Wars. I don't. Re- I, <laughs> uh, I don't remember the first time I watched Star Wars because I watched it when I was so young, and it like, I mean, my parents met each other at a Star Wars viewing party. Like, it yeah. has yeah. So I, it was on my TV in my household from the like as young as I can remember. I remember renting Return of the Jedi from the local library on VHS. Like I specifically remember going to the library and renting those VHS tapes. Yeah. Um, you should return. You should return those. Yeah, I should. Well, I mean, whatever. you've moved away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have to come get them. <laughs> yeah. Come to me. Um, now, when you library cop from Seinfeld. To... <laughs> now, when <laughs> you rewatch Bookman. these, because, you know, I think all, at times we all kind of do this thing. We're like, oh, let's just go do uh, the marathon and let's just rewatch all of them. Now, do you start with New Hope or do you start with uh, Phantom Menace? I haven't done a Star Wars rewatch in a long time anymore. Mm. The ones that I rewatch are Rogue One because I think it's the best one that Disney has released and The Last Jedi because I think it's the best of this new sequel trilogy. Yeah, I'll agree to to 80% of what you just said. (laughs) If I was okay, if I was going to do a marathon, I would probably start from Phantom Menace just because I am. If I'm gonna re- if I'm gonna do a marathon, I'll I'll do it for the story and not necessarily the real life chronological releases. Yeah. If I it's, was introducing someone to Star Wars for the first time, I would start with A New Hope. Yeah, I think you would have to only because you have to. the pacing is so odd in the prequels, yes. and it's just like it's like turn, 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 action, and then like 
man, this dip is so weird. Mm -hmm. And then action, action, action. And then you're like, why is this lightsaber scene 45 minutes? I know what's about to happen, you know? And then that uh, second one is two hours and 40 minutes long or whatever the fuck that thing is. Dude, the second one, I honestly, the the second one, I really, I really just loathe. It might be my least favorite thing ever. It's by far my least favorite Star Wars thing ever and that's including the ewoks movies and the yeah. holiday specials Dude, i'll I watch those the ewoks, recently yeah, yeah i'll watch the ewoks things five times before i watch fucking attack of the clones again yeah and they make no sense whatsoever the ewoks no. movies but yeah i agree attack of clones is just absolutely absurd um but anyway i, I, I keep getting it off and let's think about star wars like you, you have like a star wars conversation and you really can't have a one movie conversation yeah, you have to have a universal conversation and then like a history of your life conversation as well because each of these movies at some point means something to you you know the thing of, oh so so phantom menace you know that that movie was uh when it came out you know it was 1999 uh my my uh, uh partner uh not my wife at the time it was my partner she was uh pregnant with my soon to be daughter and i had uh purchased tickets to go see meet joe black i had bought maybe 10 different <laughs> tickets to meet joe black because i needed to see the phantom menace trailer and uh, dylan can attest this i watch things over and over and over yep. again because i want to watch all of it and i had to go and buy tickets to meet joe black which is the only way in the late 90s that you could re-watch something because there was no real internet to re-watch videos yet um isn't and- meet joe black that Oh no, I'm it's thinking worth- of Mighty Joe Young. I was gonna say that Charlize Theron big no. monkey movie. No, <laughs> no it's Brad Black is that it's possessed by death and then he falls in love with uh Dr- Mini Driver. Uh no, I think it's uh the girl from Mallrats. I think it's uh uh oh. whatever her name for, uh 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 Brandy's Vennings uh Brandy's Venning, whatever. Uh, Margaret Thatcher. No, come on, oh, get out no, of here. the no. worst <laughs> actress in that movie? No, the main girl. <laughs> Yeah, the worst one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. She's in Basquiat. She's great. Uh, anyway, so uh, then then I went to uh, bought, I had tickets to see Phantom Menace, and uh, that was back in the time where you had to, uh, if you wanted to be in the front row of the theater, uh, you had to camp outside and you had to wait in a line to get let in. So I actually I camped out for a week uh, to see Phantom Menace. And I got on the front page of the newspaper in Delaware because I was there <laughs> for so long. I was the second person in line. Uh, and then the day that I saw Phantom Menace, you know, it was so cool. Uh, it was great. And then I got out of the theater and I got back to work at Blockbuster Video. And they're like, hey, your dad called. And uh, I'm like, what's going on? And apparently my grandfather had just passed when I was at the movie theater. And they were calling and calling and calling. And I was supposed to be at work, but I changed my shift to make sure that I could go see Phantom Menace the very first time that it comes out. So, and, and the thing is, like, Star Wars has always been around my life, and it's always been a part of things uh, for me. You know, I have Star Wars tattoos. Me and my daughter have matching tattoos that, you know, for Father's Day, she wanted to get match tattoos, and they're Star Wars tattoos. And it, it just means so much to me that it's more than just, like, a movie because it it, it is my life you know it it is from the second i was born there was star wars and then uh, when my daughter was born there was star wars my grandfather passed there was star wars you know and even when i'm meeting new friends like dylan oh one of the first times we hung out was seeing star wars and and fighting people over star wars and you know it's just it's 
it just it's it's so weird to to speak on a movie that has uh inadvertently really sculpted my life like this movie uh it doesn't want to change me it just it, it did and it, it's it's hard to go back to this one tiny film and say it's because of this film that I am Zach currently, you know, and, that, and that's so cool uh, because it, it is so much bigger than just the movie. And it's hard to break it down in its pieces because it almost shouldn't work because it is a, a weird mix of things that are Western and are, you know, samurai and are weird fifties, you know, uh, flash Gordony stuff and almost a radio drama that I'm looking at. And it's just so well done and so put together that, uh, it, it makes a lot of my life, uh, cool. You know, every Christmas yeah. I watch all the movies again. And when people are like, Hey, we went there, you know, when I, when I, I, when I met my partner, uh, Suzanne, our very first date, was around Star Wars. You know, we were having, uh, we were reading hummus somewhere, and uh, you know, I was like, hey, whoa, what do you want to do? I'm nervous, and uh, you're cool. And uh, she's like, oh, the new Star Wars came out. I'm like, dude, I've already seen it. And she's like, you know, I wanted to meet somebody who says, you know, I've seen Star Wars like six times already, but I haven't seen it with you yet. And I'm like, I swear to God, I was about to say the same thing, except <laughs> I already seen it 11 times, but I haven't seen it once with you, so let's go see it 12 times. So a lot of my life is Star Wars, and, and it's weird because a lot of Star Wars is not very good but I love all of it. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. And I, I, I almost didn't want to review this movie and it was weird. Well, yeah, we don't have to review the movie, um, no. but well, we, I have, well, a, I have a much, I have a much less uh, epic tale of how ingrained star Wars is in me. Um, I told this, I told this story to Dylan um, backstage in one of the shows, but um in Jack Billings presents me and my neighbor, Michael, we have a thing where we talk to ghosts through the car radio. And I was writing songs because everybody has their own radio station. So I'm writing songs. And one of the characters uh, that's dead is old widow. Well, she's like, she was like 130 when she died. So I wanted to write like an old style, uh, like, something that sounded old and without even thinking about it, I'm like writing this song for the, for the radio station behind her. And I'm like, Oh wow, this sounds really cool. This sounds great. It sounds like something that would have been playing in the thirties. And I'm like, I, I listen to it and it's, it's this. <laughs> and I'm like, it took me like three times of putting that character in the show before I'm like, Oh fuck! I invented the canteen, (laughs) (laughs) but that's how ingrained it is in me. I didn't think about it; it was just there. Like Star Wars stuff is just there. Yeah, Uh, but we probably should just get through the rest of this movie, just because why not? Uh, So uh, we we meet Obi Wan uh, because Luke has to go find out who this is, and um, well, I guess because like R two is missing, right? So he goes and he goes to look for R two, and that's when he's attacked by. Uh, Tuscan Raiders, uh, which is one of the weirdest scenes of Obi Wan Kenobi uh, making, I guess, what he thought was the great dragon sound, uh, which is one of the things that has been changed like four or five times, like his sound. And if you just Google like Obi Wan Kenobi scream, you'll see them all, and it's very, very weird. Um, but uh, so he's rescued by Kenobi, who uh, an acquaintance of Luke's 
um which is weird because he's like you know old ben kenobi uh and i don't know why you call somebody old ben when your name is obi-wan but whatever i guess maybe that's how he heard it um, i don't know why you keep kenobi which seems a lot more distinguished yeah. than obi-wan that's fair also when when they were hiding luke and leia they put leia you know in a different planet with a senator uh and changed her name to organa when they gave luke away they're like hmm yeah, sure. He's a star. He's a he's a Skywalker. Put him in, in the, our, our house. I don't understand <laughs> how like his dad's brother. Yeah, give him give him to his dad's his dad's bro. Um. Anyway, so uh, Obi Wan. Now he tells Luke uh, of the days uh, of the Jedi Knights and kind of about the fact that he knew his dad. Um. And at the time, that's when we found out the Jedi Knights were just former peacekeepers of the Galactic Republic who drew mystical abilities from a metaphysical energy field known as the Force. Uh. But we are ultimately hunted to near extinction by the empire and luke learns that his father fought alongside obi-wan as the jedi knight during the clone wars in vader or i'm sorry until vader obi-wan's former pupil turned to the dark side of the forest and murdered him and obi-wan gives luke his father's old lightsaber which is a signature weapon now when i watched this the first time i was like oh my god C clone wars jedi knights uh, peacekeepers uh, laser swords I, I i could not consume this fast enough and i just wanted to know so much more um and and it's such a cool weird scene to just have you know alec guinness who is this great actor really who could give a shit about this movie whatsoever <laughs> yeah. uh and he's delivering these lines and i believe him i'm like okay yeah i, I get you man i i don't know why you, you're like an old wise dude and it's funny knowing like you know behind the scenes like alec is he's writing letters to his friends like this is an absolute piece of shit i hate this film i don't like george lucas this is going to go nowhere i'm only doing this for money uh mm -hmm. and it's really cool um but yeah so at this point in the movie like uh you know what 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 are you guys thinking? Where, where are we going with this? It's a great, it's a great world building thing where you just drop capitalized words into random, yep, one-off lines, and then Star Wars managed to capitalize on it by being like, "What? What can we do? Clone yeah. Wars, cool. Clone yeah, Wars, and that uh, that was too bad uh, because <laughs> what what we got explained of it was way more interesting than what we saw." <laughs> Except yeah. for the superfluous, like the, the Clone Wars show ultimately turns out pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I agree. The Clone Wars in the movies is not because I do. I do not want to see Yoda doing anything. Uh, oh, I do not. I flips. Those cartoon Yoda flips are. <laughs> I hated every second when, you know, when Yoda's like, we got to <laughs> we got to get to the hangar and fight Dooku. I'm like what <laughs> oh no You're... dylan's eyes fell out of his head because they were rolling back so sorry hard. i i i'm sorry i've tried i don't care about star wars tv <laughs> that's that's true i, I just uh, don't i've i've tried i like yeah. the mandalorian yeah I don't the care mandalorian's about great TV. yeah that's fine you'll get there don't worry i, I know <laughs> so, <laughs> i know okay so uh now okay so uh the team is assembled right to to some degree we have obi-wan who now gives luke not only a purpose uh, a little bit of a story and now a weapon right so r2 uh he plays leah's uh, leah's full message um in which she begs obi-wan to take the death star plans to her home planet of alderaan and give them to her father a fellow veteran for analysis uh although luke 
uh, he initially decides Obi-Wan's offer to accompany him to Alderaan uh, and learn the way of the Force. He's left with no choice after discovering that the Imperial <laughs> Stormtroopers have killed his aunt and uncle and destroyed their farm in the search for the droids. Uh, quick question, Dylan. How do you yeah. destroy a, uh, a, a moisture farm? Uh, you bomb it to hell or yeah. uh, run over it with any of your like big old four-legged walkers or now, bombard it from orbit? I don't know. You got a whole bunch of options. This movie could almost be like P it could almost be G rated. There's not really anything bad that really goes on. But when you see these two burnt corpses, it's like, Oh God. Oh, Oh God. I was watching (laughs) on Disney plus and I was worried for a minute. They were going to do some sort of cutaway or cover up or re-edit. Yeah. They didn't. You need that. You need that to highlight what Luke's going through. Yeah, because that was his only real life was just there. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he wanted to do things and he always kind of just reverted back to uh, his shelter with his family. But this now he's like, I don't have anything else. These guys suck. I'm going to go do this. Damn it. I'm going to follow my dad's yep. footsteps. Uh, so they traveled to Cantina in Mos Eisley to search for transport. Uh, Luke and Obi-Wan, that's when they hire Han Solo, who's a smuggler with a price on his head due to the debt with a local mobster job of the hut. Um, pursued by stormtroopers, Obi-Wan, Luke R2, C-3PO, uh, they flee Tatooine with Han and his Wookiees, uh, co-pilot Chewbacca on their mission uh, on the Millennium Falcon. So, cantina right this is the first time i can remember in movies when you just see just that bar full of ruffians now normally you see that in you know westerns where you you get you know that you walk in the doors there's just a bunch of uh, hoodlums and some are spitting into brass buckets uh but you walk into the cantina and you see like a slug dude and you see that weird guy behind the bar and he's pouring drinks out of a robot you see actual satan you see a werewolf uh you see like so werewolf is my favorite werewolf is my favorite and i will say it's one of the cool things that uh jj abrams did was he uh yeah han, han will always absolutely shoot, shot first 100 uh but yeah throwing the the wolf in there now this is such a cool scene because once again you get more exposition than you really want you get more story than you really want they walk into here and the first thing the bartender says is hey hey no droids allowed and you're like mm-hmm. what why are droids <laughs> like what are they doing like well, i don't understand why there's so much hatred uh which is weird because when you watch the mandalorian droids are running that bar which is crazy uh but anyway so we get this scene, uh, you get that cool uh, uh, scene with, you know, uh, the Tusk Man, uh, and the, and the bat face, and you're like, he's like, ah, my friend don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> and you're like, ah, now granted, that scene now is overdone because Robot Chicken and uh, whatever else is, you know. That Robot Chicken thing was great. <laughs> so great. So everything Robot Chicken does is so great. But, you yeah. know, uh, uh, um, even... Not everything, I guess, but most no, things they do. No, um, did, did did anybody bef- like while I was gone? Uh, did anybody say anything about how Obi Wan Kenobi is like? Oh, this is the most wretched hive of scum and villainy, and oh, this is a terrible place with all the worst people in the world. And then you go in there, and it's like Obi Wan just really hates jazz. Yeah, jizz is the name of that music. It is called uh, Jizz. That's that funny. Fact. He's like, oh, God, this place is just absolute scum and villainy. They call it jazz, but honestly, they're terrible people. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is funny. But he's like, God damn, I need a pilot. Um, so there's always some scumbags in there. Uh, Greedo shoots first, which is a defining moment of Han saying, uh, I don't care what you think about McClunky. Uh, I think it's funny, and I don't uh, whatever. How do you feel about McClunky, uh, 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 Colby? 
I don't, I actually don't know what oh, you're talking about. So, <laughs> it, okay. Now, uh, when, when Star Wars hit Disney Plus, uh, there was a couple more additions that were made. Uh, one oh, additions boy. they made was uh, they changed the, the sound of Obi-Wan's voice again with the crate Dragon. Uh, one of the additions was they made sure that Han shot first. But one weird addition they had was they made uh, a Greedo say the word McClunky. For no reason, it is added to the current movie, and uh, you know, there's people that know what that means, and uh, because they can speak uh, Huddies, I guess, which is what Greedo was speaking. But yeah, all of a sudden, the the newest version, Greedo just says McClunky right before uh, he gets shot, and it is one of the weirdest additions because you're like, I don't know why this is here, but whatever, because uh, that's not even like a Lucas ad. It's like. Uh, let's see. Have you guys heard of the uh, heard of? Yeah, Star- those I have. Yeah. I have the three um, mm-hmm. despecialized ones. But when I was watching this one, when I tried to watch it today, uh, you must have came in late <laughs> because yeah. when I watched it today, um, my, my disc was was corrupted. So <laughs> I was, the other two work. This one didn't. And I was so bummed because yeah, I'm like, I, d- I don't think I have enough time to to go and and get all this stuff back up and running so i'm just gonna have to watch the and i've watched i watched the regular special editions like i said in the theater when they came out but other than that i've watched the despecialized editions or the vhs originals until the last two times i've watched this which were both on disney plus so um i didn't notice the mcclunky because that that was the version that was like yeah. the specialized version that that I have watched since <laughs> the theater. Yeah. Just just a, just a weird edit that just popped up a couple years ago. Um, it's so, right, so it's so, so dumb how they keep adding shit to yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So uh, we leave the Millennium Falcon after that one guy's like. Rawr, 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 rawr. Um, and before the Falcon can reach Alderaan, Death Star Commander Grand Moff Tarkin destroys the planet in a show of force after interrogating Leia uh, for the location of the Rebel Alliance's base. Upon arrival, the Falcon is captured by a Death Star's tractor beam, but the group manages to evade capture by hiding in the ship's smuggling compartments. So the scene where, you know, they're like interrogating Leia and they're like, well, you better tell us what's up. And she's like, nah. And they're like, all right, here, watch this. And they just destroy her planet. Like, that's got to be just insane. You're like, dude, that's like everybody that I know. That's like 100% of my friends right there. Uh, that's yeah, All of that's, my stuff was there. Yeah, all that's, my where, stuff was that's there. where I kept my stuff. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, they hide um in the 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 smuggling compartment which is whatever uh obi-wan uh he leaves to disable a tractor beam and luke persuades han and chewbacca to help him rescue leia after discovering that she is scheduled to be executed um why do you think they scheduled to execute her they're done with her because the movie needed to happen if they would have just killed her then the rest (laughs) of the movie wouldn't have happened Uh, the empire is all about bureaucracy yeah oh that's true we've done paperwork schedule her you know write the paperwork to get her executed it's like yeah i mean because vader's on a leash so he can't just yeah <laughs> he sort of does though <laughs> yeah true um With that so guy I, in the in the meeting room he ju- he does just sort of he but he out. does let him go when when somebody tells him yeah. to now, yeah before well, we get this this well, well, can i just say another thing that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're currently talking about oh, but when yeah. they go back um to where the jawas are uh, after oh, yeah. all the Jawas have been slaughtered, and C three PO is just holding the one, and he just 
tosses it onto the fire. Yeah, like, that's great. Legitimate belly laugh. I was cackling. <laughs> I, I never noticed it before, reaction. but I was cackling when that happened. Yeah. I'm like, if this was in the special edition, you know what? Maybe I don't have a problem with the special edition <laughs> because that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him just drop, kind of just dropping it like, oh, shit, I'm late. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So Obi-Wan is doing his thing and he disables a tractor beam um, and uh, he sacrifices himself in a lightsaber duel against Vader, uh, allowing the rest of the group to escape to uh, escape the Death Star with Leia. Using the tracking device, the Empire tracks the Falcon to the hidden rebel base on Yavin 4. Now, we know that um, Vader is supposed to be a badass. And I know there's a lot of different speculations of how this fight went down and why it shouldn't have been cooler or whatever. And there's even like edits where they make that fight scene a lot better. And I, I, really, <laughs> I really think that I struggle with how that scene should play out. And I think that it's done correctly. Uh, how do you, what do you think, right? Like it had to be a slow burn fight. It, it couldn't have been a dramatic battle where Vader could have won. Ba Vader could not have beat Obi-Wan, right? Like I, I'm it a strong to go like advocate. That. I'm a strong advocate for the way the scene plays out in the film. Yeah. I, I've seen, there was a big YouTube video uh, like a year or so ago that was like, how it should have played out and they're yeah. active and mobile and it's a fight. It is a, it is, they're going hard at each other. Yeah. And while it is clearly an old man and a dude in limiting prosthetic outfit, kind of just whacking each other with metal rods that are painted over in special effects, it making it flashy is unnecessary because it is supposed to be about the subtext in the fight rather than the actual flashy fight. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, in these first three movies in the original trilogy, lightsabers only get ignited to fight. I think like once per film, mm -hmm. Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan, Darth Vader versus Luke, and then Darth Vader versus Luke. Whereas in, well, the yeah, sequel, except, except for tra training and stuff, but whatever. Yeah. Right. In the prequels, it, they are just they are just spectacle. Oh, and they're out. In the Disney yeah. in the Disney trilogy, they are a bit more better utilized. Mm, yeah, I, no, better I agree. Utilized in the prequels. I, now, I think the I, I think the most interesting take I've seen is that the the lightsaber is not necessarily supposed to be the main goal of it. the The fight of a lightsaber is supposed to be about what brought them to fight each other with weapons that will slice you in half with the slightest touch. Yeah, they're not they're not simple and they're not like. They're not lightweight weapons. They're supposed to be used to put an end to something. And yeah. so having them just use willy-nilly is really, I don't know, it feels it, it, it feels cheap. Yeah. So I, but, I, I'm, I'm fine with this fight, even though no, it's not I, very well choreographed. Yeah, I agree. It, it needs to be slow. Uh, Colby, how do you feel knowing what was, now that we have the story of what led up right before this fight, which is you know, the prequels, uh, Obi-Wan uh, yeah, cutting off his thing because he had the high ground and then mm -hmm. doing his business. Do, you, do you, How do you feel about this fight when Obi-Wan and Vader get together? I mean, at this point, Obi-Wan and, and I mean, Darth Vader for the most part, I mean, he is like like Dylan said, you know, those limbs that he has are limiting. Um, and Obi-Wan's an old man. So even guys 
back in the day who could have done those big spectacle lightsaber fights. I mean, they're old now. So, (laughs) I mean, it would be a slower fight. So I'm also fine with this fight. Yeah, but I mean, you watch like Rogue One and the very end of it, you know, you have uh, Vader whipping through people, chucking dudes around. And uh, allegedly, you know, in the Kenobi series, you're going to have a a slightly younger Obi-Wan. And, you know, he could still do his business, you would think. And, Um, And another problem I had with Rogue One was the actor who was in that Darth Vader suit just moved not like darth vader does it, yeah it, that's true like darth vader was wrong in that thing and it it threw me out of that whole thing like the first and and i even said you know i said to my wife i looked at her and i said the guy in the darth vader costume was he off and she's like yes <laughs> like this yeah it, it wasn't just me that guy in that suit sucked yeah uh excuse me is that david prowess in that suit uh i i know you're a prowess uh a prowess fan what are you guys called prowess prowlers well because like this and also uh uh, uh clockwork orange uh you're like any vader it's not prowl you know no am i wrong about this uh they were prowess- <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay so david, no idea. david prowess was the the actor who's inside the yeah. Darth vader suit for the originals yeah. He was not in the Darth Vader suit uh, for Rogue One. David Prowse is also an actor in Clockwork Orange, which I know for a fact is Colby's, uh, one of his favorite movies. And the fact that he is not in Rogue One would make not, Colby very, very angry. We're because, not, uh, we're not uh, going over this again. We've, okay. I've disavowed uh, Clockwork Orange uh, several uh, times. Just because you weren't here doesn't mean anything. Um, but no, it... it it could have been problem. anybody in that suit, but but the guy who they had in that suit just he he moved weird. And yeah, that, there were there are people like there is a rumor online that that's Hayden Christensen in there. No way. And if that's the if that's like who it is, like bad choice. Yeah. Hayden Christensen of, was bad. Like, yeah, I agree. But he's not. The, the portrayal of Darth Vader in Rogue One is not consistent with the original trilogy. It's for everybody who's kept up with the Star Wars expanded stuff since Disney took over. Right. It's not, okay, well, it's then not don't the same make character. it take place right before a new home. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, it was also thrown in because everybody's like, no one's going to like the slow burning no Star Wars. They go, oh, let's, let, yeah, there's no lightsabers. Like, let's throw in uh, Vader. Anyway, okay, let's hop back to the movie because no, we're, we're way out of we're time running, here. We're running. We're running uh, no, and I, yeah, so, I have uh, to go to work in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize. Okay, so the schematics reveal a hidden weakness in a Death Star's thermal exhaust port, which could allow the Rebels to trigger a chain reaction its main reactor with a precise proton torpedo strike while han abandons the rebels after collecting his reward for rescuing leia luke joins the x-wing starfighter squadron in desperate attack against the approaching death star in the ensuing battle though the rebels suffer heavy heavy losses vader leads a squadron of tie fighters against them han and chewbacca expectedly uh, unexpectedly return to aid in the falcon uh which is the first on your left i would assume uh and knocks vader's ship off of course before he can shoot down luke guided by the disembodied voice to obi-wan spirit luke uses the force to aim his torpedoes into the exhaust port destroying the death star moments before it could fire the rebel base uh in a triumphant ceremony at the base leia offers luke and han not chewbacca medals for their heroism uh okay so final scenes what do you got give it to me the entire sequence from when they take off from yavin 4 through the end of the movie is fantastic all the way through so 100% good agree. 100%, score, agree. 100% the score does exactly what it needs to do the pacing for everything is great. Everybody dying is great. 
Mm-hmm. Darth Vader taking it into his own hands and being like, I'll shoot them down myself. Mm-hmm. And then he does. Mm-hmm. Great. It's all the yeah. TIE fighters. The TIE fighters are the coolest looking spaceship things, period. Like yeah. the TIE fighters rule. I don't know why they made Darth Vader's TIE fighter look worse than regular TIE fighters. <laughs> I know that they wanted to make it different, like, but like Vader. those, those regular ass TIE fighters are. I will not take any other opinions. They're the coolest looking spaceships. My, no, I agree. My favorite bit of expanded universe stuff is that they call the uh, pilots for TIE fighters are referred to in universe as coffin jockeys because there's no life support inside the cockpit. So Love they're it. just flying a coffin through space. I'm like, that's cool. It, it is cool to that's think really about. Like, cool. If you think that the Empire is based on the Nazis, you would think that the Nazis would build a thing where it is just two <laughs> huge solar panels and then enough thing for a human to fit inside of. Yeah. And it's like, I don't give a shit if you come back. We have a billion <laughs> of these. We literally have a billion of these. Go do something, and yep. they um, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, like the use of models, the use of special effects, the use of computer effects in this is so brilliant that the company that made this movie decided to make its own company because they did such a great job. Industrial Light and Magic, which was invented mm-hmm. for this movie, has done the best things ever for yeah. the hit. If you could think of a cool movie with cool effects, most likely ILM is involved in it in some degree, which then turned into Pixar. So those guys are just absolutely amazing. But yeah, the final scene, it is so action-packed and it's a cool dog fight and it's just beautiful with the model work that you cannot tell and it is so well done and then Luke finally channels the force and he gets that missile and it's that tiny, that tiny little thing that needs to happen and everything about it is great and it ends on like a, a, a cool note. There's no like really kiss at the end. There's no yep. real romance. It's like Han got his money, then he got his trophy and yep. Luke got, he, he got the hero shot and he got his trophy and yep. everyone is like cool uh even uh Caesar probably got a new leg i have no idea but it, it wraps up so well that yeah you could expand on it or it could be its own solo thing yeah and i yeah, apologize it has, to you. Oh, sorry, it has a real robocop ending it it <laughs> ends and then it's done yeah. and that's my favorite kind of end <laughs> yeah it's like this is done you guys did it here's your metal roll yep. credits i'm into Perfect. it it's, uh and it's absolutely brilliant yeah, and I apologize for having you guys on here so long, and I do appreciate you hanging out with me. Uh, this movie, like I said in the beginning, it just means more than just a movie, you know, and it's yep. and it's hard to, to to quantify it down. And if I were to see this movie for the first time now, would I like it as much? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it, it's so much in a lexicon that I would I would say it, it feels ripped off uh, in every degree. Um, but this thing hit me at the right time, and and I will say that I, I will. All right, let, we're going to just hop in reels because i know that we're all trying to get out of here and do anything colby's gotta uh go to work a graveyard shift at the graveyard right are they oh, all yeah, graveyard yeah, yeah, yeah. are they all graveyard shifts if you're at the graveyard or no um no no we call we call the other one the mausoleum shifts because they're you know above ground but it, I, I don't dig the graves for the people i'm actually a grave robber oh, um but i'm not cool. going to tell you where yeah but i make <laughs> i make uh i make a decent living doing that yeah, a lot of filthy pockets. A lot of bleh. really, Dylan. Come on. If you did it well, you'd make a killing. <laughs> you, well, you'd be you amazed at what people? people bury them, bury their dead with. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm gonna say that this movie, uh, although I I will say this movie is borderline perfect. 
I'm going to say this movie has a 9.5 reels for me. There are a couple things that obviously you're like, ah, eh, whatever. And there's a couple of tropes in it. And uh, known as much as I know about it, uh, obviously I, I'm going to pinpoint a couple of things and say, I don't like that. So I can't give this a perfect score. It is not uh, a parasite to me, but this movie just means more than parasite. It's not spirited away. But this movie means more than spirited away. Uh, so uh, yeah, 9.5 out of 10 reels. Uh, Dylan Terry, what do you got? I'm giving this an eight. It's 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 not. Yeah, eight out of ten. Four out of five. It's great, but I don't know. It it it's basic. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think part of this might be just the weight of time against it. Where it's like I've seen something like this. I've read something like this. I've seen it done better, but it is. I I mean every. I think everybody benefits from having seen eight out of ten. Yeah. What, what? What? Two points? Yeah. N- name two flaws this thing has for two points. Uh, the edits I saw on the special edition that I watched. When the lightsabers flick on. <laughs> eh. Seven out of ten. All right. Whatever. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Star Wars as a franchise has crippled itself under its own weight. Boo. <laughs> boo boo i can't believe you rated you rated the snyder cut justice league higher than star wars i did not give the snyder cut a nine out of ten uh you gave a snyder cut an 8.5 out of 10 and you can re-watch that video uh huh. the link will be below uh colby <laughs> <laughs> man i love this movie i love it so much it's mother- so great i'm giving this also an eight that, um you cannot name I, flaws in this movie Here's a flaw. You did. <laughs> I don't nope. like the character of Luke Skywalker. I think he's annoying. Um, and I, do, I don't like him. Um, and that's it takes away from the movie. I love Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill as an actor. But I don't like Luke Skywalker. I think he's a wiener. Um, and I don't buy <laughs> him as a hero. That's your turn, <laughs> so, actually. No, that's fair, yeah. knocked off for, for having the protagonist be a giant wiener. Yeah. Which is odd because you gave Clockwork Orange way more for having a wiener. I didn't. Uh, anyway, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to talk bad about your favorite movie. It's not a big deal. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, we also have um, Phil's reel. He gave us nine out of ten reels, and that's my boy Phil. Uh, Phil finally <laughs> got one right. Uh, but let's see. We have a, a total of a thirty-four point five out of forty, which gives us roughly an eight point six out of ten reels. And I'll you know what? It. You know what, Zach? Let's round that up to a nine. Why? How? Just, just cause, cause the what? averages we're gonna round it up instead of giving it a point six five, and then you won't have to cry about it. We're only going to do that though if you never bring up <laughs> Clockwork Orange again. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna average this out to about seven out of ten reels uh, because I hate Clockwork Orange that much, and it's gonna keep coming back. Uh, either way, thank you guys very much for watching or listening to this wherever you're at. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, hit uh, any of those buttons that you're watching. Uh, subscribe, like. We would love that if you want to share this for whatever reason. If you want to hear how heartfelt uh, I was about Star Wars, that's cool. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Michael Colby has a bunch of podcasts. He has uh, Generation Clash, which is an awesome podcast uh, where they go over uh, different generations of music. 
him and his uh, child, uh, which is very, very cool, who's a different generation than he is, which is, I think, how children work. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. uh, he also has all those Jack Billings Presents things, uh, such as my spooky next door neighbor and my uh, haunted <laughs> bus ride to Walmart. Uh, no clothes. No clue. Although also... haunted bus ride to Walmart is definitely yeah. going to be an episode. So thank yeah. you for that idea. <laughs> yeah. Or there's also the, uh, the, the crippling handlebar ride to the nearest come and go, uh, which is a, uh, a liquor store where I'm from, which is a stupid name. The come and go is really not a good name. Uh, come and go but... is very bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I've, seen a, also... I've seen a come and go and I said, oh, yeah. I, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they usually have bullet holes and it starts with the letter K and that creeps me out. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, but he also has, uh, you can hear his voice in a lot of things like Silicon Angels. Uh, you also, what, what else you got going on? What Name some of your shows, uh, Colby. Um, I love this terrible game. Oh, You've yeah, got the other ones, mm -hmm. except Jack Billings is my uh, mm -hmm. me and my neighbor, Michael, and yeah. Haunted Apartment Complex and my spooky ride to Walmart. Um, and then... Yeah, Generation Clash. And then I'm doing a thing in October where I where I watch a horror movie every day for the month of October. That is called Quick Cuts. And I will be doing like five minute reviews of each movie that I watch every day. And the closer I get to it, the more I think this was a terrible idea, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> That's true. Did you take my suggestions? Serpent the Rainbow and In the Mouth of Madness. Those are two movies Ooh. that are terrifying. In, in the Mouth uh, of Madness, Madness um, I, I will have each of those. I do have on the schedule one that Dylan recommended uh, called... The, the Vivitch? Uh, no. England. A field in England. Oh yeah, dude, so that movie's we'll creepy. See how that goes? It's great. That's cool. Uh, and Dylan Terry, you can hear his voice on amazing things uh, like Some Nobodies, where uh, uh, Silicon Angels does a Simon Vanderbland, that crazy kooky fellow who has a couple of things that should be coming out uh, in the next year or so. Who knows? In the next uh, of dude, is Simon Vanderbland, a dude, kooky fella. He is one kooky fella. He's he such lives a nerd. He lives out of a out of a Kia Sorento, and he yeah, just kind of travels the world. Uh, be, you know, he's being hunted by uh, some uh, salesman from a, you know as yeah. a sex robot shop. It's very. Yeah, I don't know if I would describe him as kooky though. Uh, he Take, cleans he cleans cell phones for a living. He takes himself very seriously. That's true. He, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he tried YouTube for a little bit, but yeah, I love uh, Simon Vanderbland. He, yeah, what what a, what a what a kooky chap. Uh, uh, and <laughs> Dylan is an amazing writer. Also, you can read some of his uh awards uh, that magazine you're on dylan what is that called yeah apostrophes it's every other month hell yeah and also you can hear me say the words that dylan uh writes on our create your own pod venture the first season is called appeal uh check it out a bunch of weird stuff just type in something about it. just see all of our weird stuff but yeah i appreciate you guys thank you very much for listening and watching or whatever and uh until next time yeah I i've been zach you can find me wherever you want i don't care <laughs> oh is that yes. it anyway, yeah, is sure. that it Cool. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking. You can cool. say whatever you want. I don't care. Colby? Butts. <laughs> Roll it. All right. <laughs>